demon posing as Mary exalts Pope John Paul II. So that's the message I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I've spoken uh, about the apparitions of uh, Mother Mary, uh, the Roman Catholic version of Mother Mary before, including the one at Medjugorje, and that's the one I'm going to quote from right here. Now, this quote comes from a book entitled Words from Heaven, Messages of Our Lady from Medjugorje, 1990, St. James Publishing. So in the book, it says, Our Lady appears kissing and embracing a picture of John Paul II. This is the late uh, John Paul II who uh, died in 2005. And the message that came forth from this apparition is as follows. He is your father, the spiritual father of all. It is necessary to pray for him. So that was the message that came forth from this apparition. Now, uh, I want to make it clear to you folks that this apparition is a demon. It's a demon power. Okay, so this one took place all the way back, uh, as I said, November 1981. Uh, and these apparitions, as far as I know, are still continuing to this very day. So demon powers continue to uh, bring forth messages uh, that are straight from the pit of hell, folks. It has nothing to do with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, once again, I remind you I speak as a former Roman Catholic. I know there are new listeners, so uh, you, you perhaps you don't know that. I'm a former Roman Catholic. The Lord set me free from things such as this. I used to be into this Medjugorje apparition. I never went over there to Medjugorje, um, Yugoslavia at the time it was called. Now, but I knew people who did, and they talked about different things that happened. They brought their rosary beads over there and the, uh, the chain that held the beads changed colors from uh, silver to gold is what they said. So stuff like that, you know, I was enthralled. I was in uh, like, wow, you know, <laughs> this is something. But, you know, when I got saved, folks, it's the truth that set me free from that counterfeit religious system. So right here, uh, you know, one of the scriptures that... Uh, was good for me was from Matthew 23 9 it reads as follows and call no man your father upon the earth for one is your father which is in heaven now do you know as a bible quiz do you know who spoke those words if you say Jesus spoke those words you are correct so Jesus Christ himself uh, came forth with a statement he said look don't call any man your father on the earth. So that should be enough for you to set you free from Catholicism. But unfortunately, folks, it is not. The Pope is called the Holy Father, His Holiness. And trust me, he knows those scriptures are in the Bible, but he continues to defy the Word of God and leading multitudes, some people say close to one billion people in the world, are Roman Catholics. So this is why I warn People. The Lord set me free, folks. It's my obligation as a Christian to warn other people to come out from among them. Get out of there. Leave that uh, system, folks. This is what took place, by the way, in what we would call the Protestant Reformation. Okay, People stood for the truth. 
they stood against the Church of Rome who sought to keep the, uh, the Bible from the hands of the common people in, 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 in a regular language that they could understand. They, they wanted things in Latin and so on and so forth. So thank God for the, uh, the Protestant Reformation. We wouldn't have a Bible here, folks, uh, if they didn't stand it. And uh, many of them were put to death. Multitudes were put to death. It's sad today that there are pastors in pulpits that basically mock the Protestant uh, Reformation. And they claim, they call themselves Christians. It's frightening. They, they, don't, they never honor uh, the, the martyrs who, who stood for the truth, folks. It's this modern day, this non-denominational, evangelical type of thing. And, and they just remain silent. And we'll get into that a little more later. So I, I want you to see, folks, that this is the work of Satan exalting a man who's the leader of that religious system. Now, keep in mind, we know that this pope, he died back in 2005. But it's important to understand understand these things because he's still held in such high esteem, folks, by many people and not only Roman Catholics. So let's dig in a little. Let's look at an article from April 2007. Uh, it's entitled, Pope to Visit Pentecostalized Brazil. So I'll just quote some uh, lines from these paragraphs here. It's talking about Brazil is the most populous country in Latin America and the fifth most populous overall with about 180 million people. Moreover, it boasts a Roman Catholic population of about 130 million, according to the latest national census in 2000. So that was written uh, earlier, obviously, making Brazil the largest Catholic country in the world. Okay, so... It says, however, a recent survey by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life shows that Catholic dominance is steadily eroding, unlike in Europe, where the majority of former Catholics have simply become secular in Brazil. Many have turned into Pentecostalism. So um, building uh, this up here, folks, to show you that the, the, the Church of Rome was concerned about what was happening. Bottom line, folks, people were getting saved. <laughs> they hear the gospel, like myself. They hear the preaching of the word, like myself, they get set free, like myself. So it's, it's very simple, folks. I mean, it's ABC. The word goes forth, the truth is preached, it's received into the heart, people are born again of the spirit, and things change. So, you know, that's what happened to me, folks, and that's why I'm warning here once again. Let me read uh, some more. Uh, I'm going to just give you the second part of this um, paragraph, it says a majority, 62% of the respondents in a survey who said they are Pentecostal also indicated they were converts. And of these, nearly three in four said they had once been Catholic. At the same time, a growing number of Brazilians seemed to be abandoning formal religion altogether. The number of religiously non-affiliated jumped from 1.6% in 1980 to 7.4% in 2000. So it's probably much higher. So I want you to see, folks, so people are getting saved. Glory to God. It says uh, three out of four of the people said they had once been Catholics. You see, that's the power of the Word of God. This is the truth setting people free. Let me go to uh, another part here. It says there appears to be a change in tone in the run-up to the Aparacita meeting with respect to the church's approach to the challenge of the sects, S-E-C-T-S. 
In his opening address to the Fourth General Conference of Latin American Bishops, which was held in the Dominican Republic in 1992, the normally ecumenical Pope John Paul II condemned Pentecostal and other sects as rapacious wolves who are devouring Latin American Catholics and causing division and discord in our community. So, here we have Pope John Paul II. He's referring to Pentecostal people, okay? People who got saved, okay? And other sects as rapacious wolves. And now, do you see, folks, you know, we're living in a day uh, when people elevated this man, uh, Pope John, I'm talking people on, on uh, Christian television, if you want to call it that, elevated this man, Pope John Paul II. So I, I bring this forth, I've spoken this before. He's calling Christians rapacious wolves. So what was happening? As I said, the word goes forth, preaching took place, they're witnessing to Roman Catholic people, and they're leaving the Catholic Church. And now he's turning around calling them wolves. Now think about this. We're living in a day where everybody's talking about unity. We gotta have unity. We're all one. We all love Jesus. Yeah. You see, folks, listen to what was said there. He's calling Christians rapacious wolves. The unity that Rome desires is a unity underneath their wings. Oh, yes. Folks, they believe, they teach, it's part of their doctrine that the only true church in the world is the Roman Catholic Church. Yet, you can go to these big churches, folks, these big uh, evangelical, non-denominational, interdenominational churches. Some of them will even say we, we should join with Rome. Oh, yes, they do. So, I, I want to let you see this, folks, that the devil plays for keeps. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's it, folks. The, the devil does not play games. You know, when I was born again of the Spirit, folks, it, it's like your mind is opened up to this whole other realm that you never knew existed. That's the best way I could describe it. So, so when I was saved out of that deceitful system of Roman Catholicism, and, and you start seeing different things in churches, and you say, what's going on here? And you bring these things up to the pastors, and you see this glaze come over their eyes. You say, what on earth is going on? Because they're dancing with Rome, folks. That's what's happening. They're working with Rome. That's, that's exactly what's happening, folks. So uh, I'm going to continue here now. I'm going to, this is from, the Christian Broadcasting Network, it's a, a transcript from uh, a Larry King uh, program that took place on the day that uh, Pope John Paul II uh, died. That was uh, the day that this thing was uh, recorded, April 2nd, 2005. So, as you can see, the title of the uh, transcript here, it says, Billy Graham... Pope John Paul II was most influential voice in 100 years. Wow. So, it says here, speaking on the April 2nd edition of CNN's Larry King Live program, Dr. Billy Graham said that Pope John Paul II was the most influential voice for morality and peace in the world 
in the last 100 years. Dr. Graham told Larry King he had the privilege of seeing the Pope on several occasions at the Vatican. And tonight I have a very strange feeling of loss. I almost feel as though one of my family members is gone. I loved him very much and had the opportunity of discussing so many things with him. And we wrote each other several times during the years, Dr. Graham said. Now, if I had conversations with him, folks, I'll tell you what I'm going to be discussing. I'm going to be discussing uh, the lost condition of the Pope and preach the gospel uh, to him. Uh, let me get back here. Larry King asked Dr. Graham, did he actually say to you once, we are brothers? Graham, that's correct. He certainly did. He held my hand the first time. Then I met him about 1981. He'd just been Pope for two years when I saw him first because when, when he was elevated to the papacy, I was preaching in his cathedral in Krakow that very day. And we had thousands of people in the streets. And watching the television today of Krakow has brought back many memories. Larry King, you said that he was an evangelist. Graham, he was indeed. He traveled throughout the world to bring his Christian message to the world. And we see tonight the outpouring from the world that he touched. I think he touched almost everybody in the whole world. So you can see here, uh, we are brothers. You know, the, 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 the Pope said, we are brothers. Hello, <laughs> we are brothers. And he talks about the privilege of seeing the Pope calling him an evangelist, preaching his Christian message. Unfortunately, he wasn't preaching the Christian message, folks. He was preaching the gospel of Roman Catholicism from which the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth, delivered me from. So very, very uh, interesting what we see uh, being said there, folks. You know, there were people that did take a stand, you know, I'm going to come back to that transcript, but here's from an article, 10 Similarities Between Charles Spurgeon and Martin Lloyd-Jones. You know, Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, was a friend of Billy Graham, but he, he, <laughs> he had a big problem with the way he operated. Um, now, this particular article is talking about the different things that, you know, Spurgeon did and uh, when they stood up against different things that were going on. So it says here, I'll pick it up. It says, Lloyd-Jones also lost many friends for similar reasons some 80 years later. The chief evangelist of the 20th century, Billy Graham, proposed that Lloyd-Jones take charge of an international association for missions and evangelism. Lloyd-Jones refused because he objected to Graham allowing Catholics, liberals, and even unbelieving politicians upon the stage with him as he ministered at different evangelistic crusades. So here's a man of God. Wow. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. I've read books by him. Uh, he took a stand against Billy Graham. He refused. I, I'm not working with you because Graham would work with the Catholics. Oh, yes, he did. He worked uh, with the Catholics. They were up on a stage. The liberals, unbelievers up on a stage. Totally demonic, folks. This ain't, from, this ain't from the Lord when you start doing stuff like that. You know, another one I used to do stuff like that, Catherine Kuhlman. She had all these Roman Catholic priests and nuns right up on the platform with her. That's called apostasy, folks. And this is where we are. Keep in mind, this has been going on for decades. So, you know, I tip my hat to that uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones for the stand that he took. Now, back to that transcript, Larry King uh, interviewing Mr. Billy Graham. So now he's asking Mr. Uh, uh, Billy Graham a question. He says, there's no question in your mind that he, meaning the Pope, is with God now. 
Billy Graham, oh no. There may be a question about my own, but I don't think Cardinal Watila, that's that's what he was called before he became the Pope, or the Pope, I think he's with the Lord because he believed. He believed in the cross. That was his focus throughout his ministry, the cross, no matter if you were talking to him from personal issue or an ethical problem. He felt that there was that there was the answer to all of our problems, the cross and the resurrection, and he was a strong believer. King, I understand that you've been invited to the funeral, but because of your own health, you can't attend, but someone in the Graham family is going to go. Graham, that's correct. King, do you know who will go? Graham, I don't have the physical strength to go, and I have been invited. I was invited about six or seven months ago by the Vatican ahead of time, and they've asked that I come, so I asked if I could send my daughter. They wanted a woman to come representing me, so I'm asking my daughter, Ann Lotz, to go, and she's going with an associate of mine, and then my son, Franklin, will be going to the enthronement of the new pope. By the way, the new pope was uh, Pope Benedict uh, XVI. So this is how this religious show goes, folks. Uh, you know, I'm showing you the deceitfulness of sin, the deceitfulness of Satan and how he works. So the more this goes on, you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And the more it goes on, the less resistant resistance it meets. So now this is totally accepted. So now when you, when you bring up the Roman Catholic Church, it's just accepted. People look at you like, oh, you're one of those or something. Yeah, that's apostasy, folks. This is what I'm uh, trying to show you uh, here, folks. And by the way, these ministries, such as the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, they are multi-million dollar ministries. When these people travel the world, folks, uh, you're paying for that, by the way, the people who support these ministries. And, 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 you know, if you look at the net worth of these people, including Franklin Graham, he has that other ministry, Samaritan's Purse, you know, it's into the millions, folks. So, you know, when people are a part of big ministries like this, including people who work with these ministries, they know where their bread is buttered. Oh, yes, they do. And that's why they don't ever say a word against the Graham ministry. You see, so this is why he was able to do the things, folks. You know, there's no resistance. No, no resistance. In fact, Franklin Graham, you know, uh, he made that statement. He said uh, that one of the smartest things his father ever did was working with the Roman Catholics. So here I am, uh, 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 an ex-Catholic. I know by the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth, that he saved me out of this. So I'm speaking out against the Roman Catholic Church, and these people are working with them and sending them back. They use the Catholics as altar workers at the Crusades. Now, obviously, Billy Graham has passed away, but the son works hand-in-hand -hand with Rome, too, at his festivals. That's what they call them. So they, they, they allow priests up on the platform, just like Billy Graham did. So, you know, this just continues. And, and you're, if you're part of one of those interdenominal uh interdenominational churches, folks. You 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 probably seen this stuff, but you probably look the other way too. Simply because you don't want to be put out of the synagogue. But you gotta speak up. You gotta you gotta speak up for the truth. Like that man Martin Lloyd Jones that he spoke spoke up for the truth. You won't be popular. So if you want to be popular, if you want to be a man pleaser, uh, you know, what did the Apostle Paul said, if you want to be a man pleaser, you can't be a servant of Christ. So you got a choice to make. Will I follow the Lord or will I follow the, the, the words of mere men? So, so I, that's the point I want to get across to you uh, today, folks. Don't forget what you heard here today. And don't forget that scripture 
uh, that I did quote you from 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You be blessed and have a great day.